Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Daniel Eilenberg, who is editor of Hispanic Magazine. Today we will discuss Hispanic Magazine and the Latino market. Daniel's professional experience encompasses leading executive positions at prominent production and media companies. After finishing high school, he started working for NTC News, one of Colombia's leading TV production companies. At 16, he was named associate producer for NTC's news division. Soon after, he moved to London, England to pursue his bachelor's in film and television production at the University of Westminster. He also received a certificate in media and communication studies from the London Institute. After graduation, Daniel moved to Los Angeles, where he worked at Fountain Bridge Films, the production company headed by Sean Connery. In 2002, Daniel began work in the creative department of famed studio Metro-Golden-Mayer. During his time there, Daniel worked closely with MGM's senior management team in the production of projects such as Walking Tall, Be Cool, The Amityville Horror, The Pink Panther, Hotel Rwanda, and Into the Blue. In 2005, Daniel relocated to Miami, Florida to lead the editorial team of Loft Magazine, one of the country's leading lifestyle publications aimed at affluent Hispanics in the U.S. The magazine received the 2005 Gold Eddie Award for Best Lifestyle Magazine. And most recently, Daniel was named editor of Hispanic Magazine, the country's third largest English language magazine for the Hispanic community. Owned by Editorial Televisa, the magazine reaches more than 300,000 households every month. He also authors regular articles and columns in other journals and magazines. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. You certainly have had a very interesting career path. Thanks so much. How is Going from filmmaking and film production in that side of the business and that side of the country to Florida and working as a magazine editor. Well, it um, you know, it all began when I was uh, working at Metro Golden Mayor. I started. Um, I had a good relationship with the editors of Loft Magazine, which was a lifestyle magazine based here in Miami. Um, and they asked me to start helping them with uh, with film-related articles. So I started authoring a column for them um, and uh, and handling the film section. Um, and gradually I started doing uh, a lot of their cover stories too. Um, after a while of doing that, this was all very new to me, but I, I you know, I got to really enjoy it. I, uh, I hadn't really re- had much experience writing before, um, but... Um, but uh, I really enjoyed the experience, and uh, gradually I did it more and more, um, up to the point where the editors asked me if I'd be interested in uh, in moving to Miami and pursuing uh, pursuing the you know editorial um, career full time. Um, at the time, I was a little reluctant to do that, but um, but I thought I'd give it a try, and uh, and I've just stayed here ever since. What is your target audience at Hispanic Magazine. It used to be a business magazine, right? Yes. Hispanic Magazine started, um, it's going to be 20 years ago next year, um, and they started as a business publication. 
um, and gradually evolved into a lifestyle publication. About five years ago, they launched Hispanic Trends, which became um, Hispanic Publishing's business branch, uh, while Hispanic has segued more into a, a lifestyle magazine um, for the Hispanic community. What does that mean in terms of your target audience and the actual editorial content? Well, you know, they both uh, change slightly. I mean, the audience of the magazine remains, um, you know, 25 to 45 or 55 even uh, professionals. But the, the editorial focus has shifted slightly. We deal less with business stories, although we do still do a couple of business specials per year, including the, the, the Hispanic Corporate 100, um, which has been a flagship of the magazine for many years. Um, but we have shifted a lot of those um, entrepreneurial specials and diversity specials to Hispanic trends um, while finding some new specials for, for Hispanic magazine. A lot of people talk about reaching Latinos and they think you have to do it in Spanish. They think that Latinos are all Spanish dominant, and your magazine is, of course, in English, right? Right. Well, I, you know, I don't think um, Hispanics are uh, predominantly Spanish speakers. Um, I think it depends what segment of the Hispanic community you want to reach. I mean, for the most part, second and third generation Hispanics are um, hardly Spanish dominant. I mean, they might speak some of it at home with their families. But, uh, but for the most part, they consume media in English. It's their first language. What differentiates your content from content from a mainstream lifestyle magazine? In other words, why are Hispanics reading Hispanic magazine versus another English language magazine? Well, because it deals with, uh, with different subjects. You know, I mean, if you look at Time magazine, if you look at um, all the time is, is, is more of a general interest magazine. But you look at, you know, GQ or, or Esquire or, you know, there's very little representation of Hispanics in, the, in those magazines. I mean, it's, it's definitely, if you look at um, the percentage of the Hispanic population in this country, we're certainly underrepresented in, in major um, mainstream lifestyle publications. And so Hispanic magazine caters for that audience. We look for... Um, the music, the movies, the fashion, the, the, the just, you know, we provide Hispanics with very targeted articles that, that reflect their lifestyle and their tastes and their preferences. What are your sections? What kinds of sections does the magazine have? Um, well, in the front of the book, uh, we have most of our, our, our lifestyle sections. Um, that includes um, travel, cars, beauty, fashion, um, spice, which is our, our food and drink session, section. Um, we have, uh, um, I think that's pretty much it for the front of the book. In the back of the book, we have um, sort of our, our criticism pages or art pages where we talk about books and movies and, and art and theater um, and uh, and um, entertainment news and all that. And what is your editorial calendar like? You mentioned special sections like the Hispanic Business Corporate 100. 
what other themes, if you will, do you work with during the year? Okay. Well, um, this year we've uh, made some changes to the calendar. Um, you know, I can tell you some of the of the flagship specials that we have. Uh, February is our power issue. Um, we normally do a Hispanic Corporate 100, and we also have a list of the most powerful Hispanics uh, in the U.S. Um, and a list of the next generation of Hispanic leaders. Um, we have uh, a, a, you know health and education specials in March. We have a, a music special in April. We do a Latina issue, which is one of the longest-running specials uh, the magazine has had, and it's tied to an event called the Latina Excellence Awards, um, which we usually hold as a luncheon in New York City. Um, we have a, a sports issue in June and July. We have a uh, you know our Hispanic Achievers, <clears throat> which is also tied to an event, um, which we uh, we've been doing in San Francisco for about 15 years, and that's the Hispanic Achievement Awards, um, and that's uh, probably the biggest event we have all year. It's, uh, it's a black tie gala, um, and we just had it uh, actually three weeks ago in in San Francisco. Um, well, so uh, when when does that take place? Uh, it, it usually takes place towards the end of August. August is the uh, the Hispanic Achievers issue, um, and that's when we um, name the recipients of the awards and, and hold the uh, the award ceremony. And when does the Latina issue take? Uh, the Latina issue it used to be June July. I think this coming year we might move it up to May, um, but it's been June July every year. Um, then in September we have an entertainment issue, um, and then uh, October is our art and design, um, and the December January issue is the Hispanic of the Year, where we, you know, it's also another another uh, flagship of the magazine that has been um, has been uh, a big part of it for many many years. How many issues do you have in the year? We have ten issues per year. Okay, so to recap. That's starting with January. Well, the, December, January is a, is a combined issue. June, July is a combined issue. Okay, so then December, January is the Hispanic of the Year. February is the Power Issue. Mm-hmm. March is Health and Education. Mm-hmm. What about April? April is the Music Issue. April is the Music Issue. May is the Latina Issue. June. June, July is her sports issue. June, July is sports. August is Hispanic Achievement Award issue tied with the event. September is entertainment. October. Art and design. And we go back to December. Uh, no, and then you have November, which uh, we are thinking about making a literary issue next year. I mean, there's, uh, there's uh, a huge number of, of uh, Hispanic young Hispanic writers that are doing um, extremely well, and uh, we're, uh, we're thinking of making that a, a special issue featuring the best Hispanic writers right now. Excellent. How many staff and or freelancers does it take for you to put one of these issues together? I mean, we have a staff, an in-house staff of about six people. Um, and then uh, I would say somewhere between 10 
to 15 freelancers. How many pages do you have on average? The magazine has 98 pages. And what percentage of that is editorial and what percentage is that? You know, it, it changes quite a lot. I mean, the last few months we had a saturation of 50-something percent, which is uh, very good. Um, and uh, But it can be as low as 35 percent. That being the percentage of ads? Yes. How do you decide and how far in advance do you make the decision as to the content for each issue? Um, well, we create these editorial calendars. Um, I mean, right now we're creating the one for next year. Um, so we decide, you know, the whole year in advance what we're going to be doing in the following uh, year as far as specials and events. Now, when it comes to um, just smaller features, generally I work about three months out. So I'll, uh, I'll start working on an issue three months before it comes out, um, and uh, about two months before it comes out, it's all pretty much solid and, and you know written on, on stone what's going to go in. Um, and about a month before publication, we, we go to press. For those among our listeners who are public relations practitioners or even just readers who want to propose an idea or pitch a story, how far in advance should they contact you and what is the best way for them to do that? Well, if, uh, if it isn't tied to any of the specials, um, about three months in advance of, of, of the month they would like to, uh, to be in, um, it's ideal. It gives us a little time to really research the ideas, look into them, um, and uh, and look at the magazine as a whole and make sure it's, it's balanced and, and, and get an idea that um, of what we're going to have in each, each issue. Um, so generally, I would say about three months. What's the best way for them to reach you? Should they send you a press release? Should they call you? Um Either way, you know, I mean, w one of the things we're very proud of is that we've always kept the, you know, even though the, the readership has grown um, quite a lot, we still keep a very open dialogue with the readers, um, with the publicists, with the people that are trying to reach the community. And, uh, you know, for the most part, um, the emails of the editorial department are there. Um, I get, you know, hundreds of emails a day, and I read every single one of them and try to respond and address every single one of them. Um, there is, you know, an email for letters to the editor, which are the concerns from the from the readers, and I also read every single one of those letters. Um, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we can't respond to all the letters um, or print all the letters, but um, we try to uh, select the ones that, um, you know, that are making critical points that we feel are critical of the publication, that we feel we have something to learn from, and that we feel are going to be valuable to other readers. Um, but we certainly read, and uh, and uh, and even if we can't respond to all, we certainly read every single letter and, and press release that we get. To what phone number or what email should they send their ideas and their press releases, Daniel? I think it's uh, the email the, uh, that appears on the magazine is theislandberg at hisp.com, um, or my managing editor, Marisa. Rodriguez at hisp.com um, and, uh, and the phone number at our office 305-492-0070 
So that was D. Eilenberg. At hisp.com. Or Marissa Rodriguez at hisp.com. Do you welcome press releases in Spanish, or do you want all the releases in English? No, we, we, we get quite a few, and I um, most of our staff is uh, is bilingual, so it's not a problem to receive it in either in either one. It's but but you know the, the people who send send them should be mindful that um, the magazine is in English. Sometimes we get um, some press releases of products that are specific specifically in Spanish and. Uh, Although we do look at them, it's uh, you know generally the, for the most part of readership um, is English dominant and, and consumes in English. So. Now that you mention that, in what ways would you say that the content and that your readers are different from those that are targeted by Spanish language media? I would say that they are perhaps a little more assimilated to American culture. For the most part, our readership is. You know, second, third, fourth generation. Um, so, uh, so for the most part, we target you know uh, U.S. born Hispanics who lived here and had an education here in the states and uh, and uh, who are English dominant. Is the magazine available nationwide? Yes. Are there any pockets, if you will, where you have a higher circulation? Yeah, I, I uh, the Southwest is really. Um, where we have the bulk of our circulation, I think it probably makes up uh, 35 to 40 percent. Um, is between you know New Mexico and Texas and Arizona and California, um, and, but uh, but we're we're available everywhere in the country. And how is the magazine available? Is it by subscription only, or can you no, buy it at newsstands? No, it's uh, it's available at a. Uh, certain newsstands throughout the country, but I think the bulk of our distribution is actually by subscription. And what's the price of subscription? Um, you can actually subscribe free online right now. Um, that might change next year at some point, but for now, you, if you go online to hispaniconline.com, you can subscribe for free. So hispaniconline.com. Now, is that for an online edition, or is that for a hard copy? No, for the, uh, for the hard copy. Right now, it's free, and that means that you will get a copy in the mail. Yes, and we're uh, you know we're also um, have a newsletter that you can subscribe to online, and that's uh, that's the online version. Is there an online edition, or is it just the newsletter? Yes, there is. There is. We um, we are actually. I mean, I'm personally getting involved just now with that. Um, used to be run by a, by a separate team. Now we're in the process of redesigning the whole website um, and adding some, some great features and, um, and uh, hopefully we'll have a fully redesigned website you know, before the end of the year, um, which will be a, a great compliment for the publication. Although it already exists, we're updating it and making it a little easier to, to navigate and a little more user-friendly. Is the online edition identical to the hard copy? Um, yeah, for the most part, everything that's in the hard copy will be available online. What features? What features are you planning for the website? Then people can start looking forward to. Well, we, um, you know, the website has always had web mail, um, which is a great feature that we offer. It's free mail for, uh, you know, for the users, um, 
and uh, and that has been, you know, it makes people come back and, and stay informed because they have, you know, their news about the Hispanic community and, and arts and entertainment and all the content from both Hispanic Magazine and Hispanic Trends um, in the same portal. And they can also access their emails. We're going to have, you know, horoscope. We're going to have, um, you know, headline news um, as well as, uh, you know, a blog, possibly a, a, a chat room where they can communicate directly with the, uh, with the editors um, and, uh, and, and, you know, all the content from the magazines will be there too. In terms of the content, is it easy for you to find writers who have the language ability but can also be sensitive to the cultural nuances that your readers are looking for? You know, I, I think I've been lucky lucky in, the, in, in finding them. Um, you know, I can't really speak of, uh, of uh, how good or bad the level of, of, you know, of the writing or professionalism is uh, in the Hispanic community, but in my experience, it's been great you know we have some great writers working for the magazine and they uh they uh they all seem to be very much in touch with their local community what sorts of criteria do you look for and what qualifications in identifying and and selecting those writers both in house and as freelancers and for those in the audience who might be interested in submitting articles what would you say to them? Well, you know, I think uh, first and foremost, being a good writer, you know, being able to tell um, a story in a compelling way, you know, way that's going to draw um, the reader in and, 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 you know, both get the most out of the story and be able to express that to a reader. I think um, it's not that easy um, and it's not that commonsensical. Writing is, is a craft and, and it takes years to perfect it and, and work on it. Um, first and foremost, I look for good writers. I look for um, writers that have, uh, um, you know, that, that are going to treat the material ethically, who are, don't have a, a hidden agenda when, when, when they pitch the article. I look very closely at who these people are and why they're pitching those ideas and, and if it's really something that they personally find fascinating or if there's a personal interest involved um, and, uh, and, and such. Um, we generally, you know, even though I take pitches from, from PR people, we never sign. Um, I know a lot of it's, it's becoming a very common practice um, for PR firms to even submit completed articles. We don't uh, print those. We never use um, those articles, but we might use them as ideas for other articles um, as long as I can assign it to a writer that I know is going to look at both sides of the coin. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Daniel, because of course there has been so much commotion lately with the upfront groups at the national level and of course in South Florida with the latest scandal. How can readers, there, there's a lot of distrust mm -hmm. on the part of readers. I've noticed in surveys lately they have asked people why they go online and why they read blogs. And one of the reasons that they give is that they have lost their trust in mainstream media. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It certainly is something that uh, that is happening, and, and it makes it that much more challenging. You know, I think, uh, um, you know, 
that, you know, without the integrity and without, you know, your readers believing in, in, in that integrity and, and, and knowing that, you know, when you put out a list of the best cities or the best colleges or, or the best companies or that, that that's not really paid advertising. That's, that's critical for, you know, for a publication. And as long as um, people can look at a publication and know that um, there is an editorial process behind it and that, that we don't sell that editorial process, it's critical for the integrity of the publication, and people will certainly not read your publication um, if they start questioning that integrity, and I think that, you know, you have to um, be able to sacrifice um, the revenue that it might bring you um, because, you know, for, for the integrity of, the, of your publication. Going back to the style, I noticed that you mentioned first and foremost when you were talking about writers, the importance of being a good writer and having a desirable style. What makes someone a good writer? What makes an article compelling? Well, I think, um, you know, very often it is the passion that the writer has about the subject and the knowledge he has about the subject. You know what I mean? When you assign something, you need to make sure that the person that you're assigning this to um, knows very well what they're talking about, is an expert in that area, and can really give people a, an insight into it. Um, I think, uh, you know, good writing a lot of the time comes from just knowledge and, and passion about the subject you're, you're writing. What is in the future? What kinds of new projects? What ideas do you have in mind for the future? I'm sorry, for the future? Right, for the coming months or years? Yeah, uh, well, I, um, I uh, you know, this calendar that I just read to you is, um, is significantly different um, from, from previous years. We're definitely uh, moving the magazine a little more towards a, a lifestyle publication. Um, but the magazine remains, you know, an opinion uh, maker, and the magazine remains committed to dealing with with, with issues that are important um, to the community. Um, even though it's it's you know perhaps also dealing with lighter um, aspects such as, as art and film and music and, and literature. Um, it's uh, it's definitely a hub for for Hispanic culture, um, and that's uh, that's a trend that we pushing forward, um, and uh, as far as, you know, new events, we had this year the first um, Hispanic magazine party at, at Sundance, um, we hope to uh, do that again next year, we hope to have a, um, an event perhaps in November um, in L.A., um, aimed at the entertainment community, um, and, uh, and so we're, you know, we, we have some really exciting and new projects uh, in line for next year. Is it easy for you to find content? You were talking about a broad spectrum of topics from power and corporate issues to sports and entertainment. Is there enough material? Are you battling to find Hispanics no, I, to feature? No, I, uh, I, uh, I usually produce too much material in every issue, and often we have to cut things out um, due to space. I mean, it's it's no, the, the Hispanic community is going through a through a time in which it's it's thriving and it's interesting and it's it's you know there's a lot to talk about you know be it um, great successes be it certain 
criticisms. Um, there's certainly plenty of really interesting um, stuff happening in the Hispanic community today that we never um, struggle to find uh, material or, or people to highlight. We actually, unfortunately, can't um, yeah, fit it all in sometimes. And talking about fitting it all in, what is your next challenge? Is that the big challenge in the future? It is. You know, I think I think um, one of the big challenges for the publication in the coming years is uh, is um, you know perhaps uh, adding a, a paid subscription. Um, we're currently um, online, at least you can get uh, a, a free subscription. As I said, that might change next year. We get a lot of requests for that for the subscription. Um, and uh, you know, like like with any other publication, competition. You know, there's uh, an incredible surge um, in uh, in the Hispanic publishing business. There's a lot of uh, new magazines. Some of them great. Some of them not so good. Um, and uh, but that's always a challenge. You know, you, you you have a magazine that's been circulating for 20 years, and you have to grow with your audience and keep reinventing yourself and, and make sure that you stay at you know the cutting edge of information and you stay relevant and that's always going to be a challenge thank you daniel for joining us today thank you so much for having me and to our audience thank you for listening to daniel eilenberg who is editor of hispanic magazine brought to you by hispanic marketing and public relations hispanicmpr.com providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your comments, suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.